I guess the one upside of this is you and I could share an apple. Like I could take a couple of bites. You could take a couple of bites. We could go down to the old malt shop and split a milkshake. We could. could share a bowl of soup where we drink out of the bowl and we don't use utensils. I've never walked taller than I have uh, this morning. Yeah, so Bryce and I are both, we're both vaccinated. Are we allowed to talk about that? Will that upset people? It upset one guy this morning, but oh, no. Uh, <laughs> no, we're we're vaccinated. We have obviously dealt with COVID in the past. Yeah, we both had it. We're both vaccinated. But the company we work for now requires everybody who comes into this building to do a rapid test three times a week. Yeah, so all the people who's can, who still work at home, they don't have to really worry about it. No. But because we come into the building... Uh, we have to do Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we have to do a rapid test, which at first, I'm not going to lie, it riddled me with anxiety. Oh, me too. I was worried I was going to get one of those positive tests that some people who have had COVID, they test and then they, they're not sick or anything, but they just get another positive test. That happened to me over the summer. I know it did. And you missed another two weeks of work because of that. I did. And yeah. uh, I'm happy to report that so far, the tests seem to be coming out negative. So that's some good news. Uh, yeah, we have to do it before we come into the building. So we're doing it basically in the middle of the night. I did my first one at three o'clock in the morning. That was great. That's always fun. Yeah. You have to wake up a bit earlier to do it. I am pleased to reveal, though, that for these rapid tests in particular, you don't have to tickle your brain. Yeah, it's not deep space penetration. It's <laughs> <laughs> makes me wonder if all the previous COVID tests I took, because in all those previous ones, like they were digging for gold in my skull. Oh yeah, your foot would start twitching, like they Holy hit a nerve cow. in your brain. And, my yeah. eyes would go cross-eyed. Ugh. It was crazy. These ones, you could, you're basically just combing your nose hairs. It's funny though, too, because I'm a guy who barely finished high school. Like I got through it, but I have no grade twelve math. I have no. I don't think I have any grade 12. No, I do. I have the dumb kids science that you had to take in grade 12. Like others were taking chemistry and bio. I had the, here, here's some science. But yet I'm sitting down in my home and jamming stuff up my nose and putting it in chemicals and shaking it up and dropping it on a strip. Yeah, I don't have grade 12 science education. I stopped in grade 11. I got my minimum uh -huh. science credit requirements and then I bailed. And now it actually is kind of nice that now I'm kind of, I feel like a scientist because it's not a beaker, but it's close enough to a beaker yeah. that I'm sitting there and I'm looking, making sure I'm putting enough solution in and, you know, swirling You're doing it the around. thing where you tap it with your finger? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. God, it, we're practically doctors. A long chair is a good town chair, but you're aware of that. It falls down to half the size so you can lay it flat. I can watch the world go by and live without a care. I've never had a bad time in my old lawn chair. Hey everybody, welcome to it. My name's Garner Andrews, that's Bryce Kelly. We are the Lawn Chair Prophets for another week or so. And then the name changes to the Garner Andrews Show with Bryce Kelly. Yeah. Podcast. I, I don't know when exactly that's going to happen. It's in the coming weeks. Yeah. It's, Nothing else is going to change. It's just the name that's changing. You don't have to resubscribe. Everything will be there. And if it's not, for some reason, because we don't control this, uh, just search Garner Andrews Show with Bryce Kelly. Basically, uh, we're painting these beige walls with another shade of beige. Yeah, it's exactly what we're doing. <laughs> this is. 
Uh, in case you're new around here, Bryce and I host a morning show on an alternative rock station in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada called Sonic. You can find us online at sonic1029.com. Uh, this is the part of the show where we do recommendations. Who went first last time? I have no memory whatsoever. Who's going first this time? Do you even have a recommendation? I do. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, go ahead. Uh, I hate recommending movies because everybody's like, mm, that sucked. And then they judge you based on your movie recommendation. Mm-hmm. But I watched one on Netflix last night. This is how I finished up my Thanksgiving long weekend. <laughs> Pardon me. Oh, better take another one of those tests. Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. I'm so dry. <coughs> Not allowed to keep my water near the microphone. Had to go to the back of the room. It's good um, stuff. I watched a movie on Netflix last night called The Guilty with Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm. It just came out, and I thought it was fantastic. And it's the perfect movie length, 91 minutes. That's all I need. I haven't watched this one yet. I've seen the trailer, and it seemed tense. Yeah, he's a 911 operator. He gets a phone call, an interesting one that takes many, many twists and turns. It's really good. And the one thing that I really enjoyed about it, it all takes place in one Well, 85% of the movie takes place in one room. I haven't seen this film, but I have heard Jake Gyllenhaal do a couple interviews about it. And one of them is that they filmed this in October of 2020, which was the height of one of the worst outbreaks in the L.A. area. L.A. was shut down completely at Mm -hmm. that time. Uh, So this movie, they, one, they kind of had to film it in one room, which is why there's not a lot of moving parts in this one. And two, they've apparently filmed it in 11 days. That is, when when it comes to movie making, that must be a record. It's crazy to make a full feature-length movie in 11 days. Yeah. And apparently even the director wasn't in the same room. He was in a van outside. Out on the street. And would communicate via walkie-talkie. That's spectacular. It's, it's See, when you look at that movie now, you realize, oh, yeah, that was shot during COVID. But that didn't occur to me while I was watching the movie. It's not mentioned. No. 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 And I was very, very familiar. I know who Jake Gyllenhaal is. If I saw a picture of him, I go, oh, yeah, that's Jake Gyllenhaal. But I never really had an opinion of him until I watched this movie. And I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's good. This guy's real good. Certified super hunk. He is. You just get lost in his eyes. But the thing about this movie, too, is that when you read the listing before you watch the movie, it's like, oh, Bill Burr is in this. Ooh, uh, Peter Sarsgaard's in this one, too. And then you realize, no, they're just voices on the phone. They're not. You don't actually see those actors. Mm -hmm. It's this is all Jake Gyllenhaal. And the voices of other people in his headset. No, he's got some really good movies. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those movies, too, that I think if you're a 911 operator in real life, you probably watch it and go, that's so fake. You can't yell at people on the phone on 911. You can't lose your ass over somebody on 911. He brought up, I was listening to, I think he was talking to Conan O'Brien. Mm-hmm. And I heard him talking about, you know, kind of do this movie and you start to feel for 911 dispatchers because. They take these calls, these panicked calls oh, yeah. in people in horrible situations, and then they hang up, and then other officers go and deal with it, and the 911 person usually has no idea how these stories end. Yeah, you never probably find out, well, did that work out? Did I save somebody? Did I get somebody out of a bad pickle? Unless it's like O.J. Simpson, you really don't get a follow-up. So no. it's kind of a weird job. <laughs> uh, ben says, I just watched it last night. I thought it was great until about halfway through. 
when I realized this is going to be one of those movies shot completely on the same set. It sounded like it could have been an action movie from what I heard through Jake Gyllenhaal's headset. To each their own. Have a good one, Ben. Well, Ben, not every movie needs a car chase and a shootout and a takedown. Sometimes you have to let your mind do the movie making for you. It's a psychological drama. That's what it is. And it is shot almost entirely in one room. And Jake Gyllenhaal shoulders most of the heavy lifting. That's what makes this movie great. That's creativity at its finest right Mm, there. I'll have to watch it. My recommendation, The Guilty, um, I hope you like it. Okay. I hope I haven't oversold it. How about you? My recommendation will also be something that can be streamed, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's not on Netflix. It's on Amazon Prime. It's the Toronto Maple Leafs All or Nothing series. Oh, but what if you hate the Toronto Maple Leafs? This is the one little, it's very raw, raw Maple Leafs. Oh, they're the good guys in this. They're yeah. the protagonist. So if you're not a big Maple Leafs fan, eh, you're not going to like a chunk of it. But it is interesting. So all of last season, when they had that all-Canadian division, uh, Amazon followed around the Toronto Maple Leafs. And it's all behind-the-scenes business. So you see them in between periods getting screamed at by the coach. You see them at practices getting screamed at by the coach. Uh-huh. Uh, you see them travel. You see them playing games in the hotel. You see them just out and about in their homes. And I don't know if you know this about hockey players, but uh, they got filthy mouth. What? Say that is not so. They The F-bomb is used a lot in that show, especially the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Sheldon Keefe. Yeah. Ooh, that man likes to swear. See, I, I'm not, uh, I don't know if you know this about me, and this might be a bit of a shocker. I'm not the world's biggest sports fan. I will watch sports, but usually only when it is meaningful. Like, I'm not going to watch a regular season baseball game. I can't do that. I'll barely watch a regular season NHL game unless the team I like in the city where I live is playing. But I find the documentaries so interesting when they show you kind of the inner workings. Yeah. The, the long hours, just killing time in the hotel room, that kind of stuff. And there's a lot of that. They do yeah. talk about the games and stuff, but they gloss over them pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but you get to see like their general manager, Kyle Dubas. You see him in his office kind of working things out. And by the way, I thought he'd have a much nicer office. Kind of bummy. It's just kind of like a room in their practice arena. His office overlooks the practice rink. This is the general manager? Yeah, the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. One of the original six, Bryce. Pretty bummy office, but you see him doing his thing. There is a part where they show the trade deadline and how they are working through the trade deadline, sitting in a boardroom. And it is very cool to see this kind of behind-the-scenes look. It's unedited, so you hear them just swearing like sailors and see all that. You see them getting their medical treatments. It's pretty interesting. What's it called? uh, Maple Leafs All or Nothing. Maple Leafs All or Nothing is Bryce's recommendation. Mine is The Guilty. Uh, I hope you like them. The Lawn Chair Profits with Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly. So Bryce, uh, one of my gifted children is about to become a star. This Um, is actually very cool. I'm actually kind of jealous of this one. I'm (laughs) jealous in some way. They're the the hard details of it, the travel and the long days, I'm not jealous of. Well, the experience overall, I am. Yeah, so one of my daughters is going to be an extra, a background player in, what's it called? The Last of Us. The Last of Us, the HBO show they're filming in Calgary, and mostly. Edmonton. They're filming in Edmonton right now. Yeah, but she's not in the scenes in Edmonton. No, she has to travel all the way to Calgary. Many, many, many times. 
She already has gone down once for a costume fitting. Yeah, I have to go this Sunday morning again with her for rehearsal. Oh, so they're having a- rehearsal, so I don't know what that means. She's playing a dead a zombie, right? Yeah, she's going to be a zombie. That's pretty cool. That's I hope she neat. doesn't get cut. Now that I've talked about it, <laughs> because I haven't told I have told nobody about this. Haven't told my parents. Haven't told anything. Because what if you brag it all up and everything, and then she gets cut? You know, that would be very humbling. Oh, it sure would. But that one, that split second where you can be like, oh my God, that's me. Yeah, and it's huge. Like, this is this is an HBO series, like you just said. And it is, I think it's the biggest film or TV production in Canadian history. It's HBO's next big thing after Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's, it is massive. And they're shooting it right here in this province. Uh, we were talking about it on a radio show the other day, and I was thought I thought, oh, it'd be kind of cool to talk to some background players, some extras, whatever. And we got a phone call from an actual, real for real live stuntman. Yeah, a he, real stunt, and he's working on that show. And he's driving to work. Yeah, and just decided to call in and let us know what it's like being a stuntman. Yeah. So of course, um, we started the conversation. Hey, what is the most craziest stunt you ever had to do? I had a dollar every time somebody asked me that, Garner. Oh. I have to work as a stunt guy. <laughs> no, it's good. It's a good question. It's the most popular question. It's okay. Uh, it's a terrible usually, question. Usually, like, you know, flipping cars. and I did a gag a few years ago, um, actually, at West Edmonton Mall. That was pretty fun. Um, some people might remember it. It was. I uh, drove a little mini motorcycle through the second story of the water park. That's from Christmas in Wonderland. That's right. That was me. Patrick Swayze movie. That's right. With Chris was, Kattan. Uh, uh, yeah, I doubled Chris Kattan. That's right. You watched it? I can't believe you watched it. <laughs> no, I, the only <laughs> clip I've ever seen is the clip you just described. I watched it on YouTube. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. you. I'm familiar with your work. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. You probably, yeah, one of the few. Uh, okay, well, that's cool, and I apologize for asking you the most cliche question. No, no, sorry. Not, yeah, that wasn't... No. It's, it's okay, yeah, so, so it's totally okay. I think that every kid growing up wants to be a stunt guy at one point in his life. Was this, like, <laughs> is, this a, is this a career you, and pardon the pun, but is this a career you just kind of fall into, or did you seek this out? Uh, I seeked it out myself. I had wanted to be a guy, a stunt guy, stunt performer, probably since I was about 16. You know, I grew up in the era of Dukes of Hazard and Fall Guy, um, TJ Hooker, all those like corny, stunty, you know, shows. So, um, yeah, I just didn't want to sit in an office. Just did a lot of, uh, a lot of athletics. You know, I was just always doing something. Yeah. Hey, did I even ask you what your first name is? No, you didn't, but that's okay. My first name's Jody. Okay, Jody. Uh, I want to do something on the show today. Now, if I text you a bit later on, is that okay? Yeah, I'm on the road for a couple of hours. I'm just driving down to Didsbury, so... Um, okay, because be I, want, sure. I want to do something called Ask a Stunt Guy, because I'm sure people have really, really good questions for a stunt yeah. guy that I can't think of right now. And then maybe I'll feed you some of those questions. And if you could just reply through text, it'd be fantastic. Yeah, I can do that. No problem. Maybe That's we could easy. make a little jingle for it. 
you know, ask. Yeah. Just, you got to put the Fall Guy theme onto it. Oh, of course we'll use the Fall Guy for our Ask a Stunt Guy jingle. Yeah. Yeah, so hang on a second here, Bryce. Let me quickly whip up uh, an intro for Ask a Stunt Man done to the tune of the Fall Guy theme. <clears throat> Ask a stuntman on the Garner Andrews Show. So people were texting the show all that morning with questions for Jody the stunt. Jody doesn't really sound like a stuntman name, does it? No, it doesn't. I thought it'd be like Chuck, Zeke, <laughs> Bill. Bill. No, it's uh, being a stuntman is one of those jobs that I think everyone at one point has thought about. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I used to watch a lot of Super Dave, so I was like, huh. Seems a little dangerous. If you were to ask a stuntman one question, clearly I asked the most cliche question you can ask a stuntman. Maybe I should have gone with my gut, which was originally, hey, does a, stunt, does a stuntman get sick days? Like, can you call in with a sore neck? That's a pretty dumb question, too. Your questions weren't as dumb, though. Um, people texted in, can you ask the stuntman who his chiropractor is? <laughs> Their bodies would get so banged up. Can you ask a stuntman what his favorite food is? And I sent that to him, and he said, yes, my favorite food is sandwiches. Okay, that's good to know. If I eat sandwiches, I can be a stuntman. A lot of people were asking, um, "Does what kind of money does a stuntman make? His response, we make pretty good money. It's enough to provide for my family and enjoy the cool things in life. Oh, that's nice. You got to remember, too, stuntmen, stuntwomen... It's not all smashing through windows and jumping off of rooftops. No. There could be a scene in a movie where the main character slips on some ice on a sidewalk and falls. They, they'll call in a stuntman for that. Does the stuntman have to pay for his own gas? That was another question. <laughs> that suddenly, it started to feel like it had become career day when you were in grade <laughs> three and somebody's dad came in who was an insurance actuary and... The kids were like, what kind of bicycle do you have? Like, it started to feel a little bit like that. Or when, the, like, a performance troupe would come to your school and they do question and answers after and oh, everyone would yeah. be like, how old are you? <laughs> do you get to sharpen pencils whenever you want without permission? Um, somebody said, hey, ask the stuntman how many bones he's broken. That's not a bad one. He says, I lost track of the number of bones. Fortunately, I've never broken a bone at work. But over my athletic career training for work, I've broken my collarbone five times, wrist two times, five ribs, and my scalpula in three places. Scalpula. We learned something on the show the other day because I had no idea what the scalpula was. That's the shoulder Shoulder blade. blade. Okay, that's fun. Fun fact about old Bryce, never broken a bone. (laughs) Neither have I. Maybe we jinxed it. Maybe we haven't lived. Uh, Kent here, please ask the stuntman if Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the stuntman's favorite movie. No, he says, my favorite movie is Blues Brothers. Best car crash scene ever. But Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is right up there, though. That's a good question. Okay. Brad Pitt plays a stuntman in that movie? Yeah. That's a good movie. Please ask the stuntman, has he ever gotten to kiss the girl? Ooh. His response? Absolutely. I got to kiss the girl on my very first stunt gig, which was in New Zealand, where I got married to a stunt woman from Xena, Princess Warrior, and we reversed bungeed into the air. Okay. Okay. 
I bet you when you're filming a movie, though, the stuntman doesn't get to kiss the girl. No. That's when uh, Tom Cruise taps you on the shoulder and says, take a hike. Yeah, I'll take over for me. I'll do I got the this. Uh, oh, this was a good question, too. Somebody asked, ask the stuntman the lamest stunt he ever got paid to do. Oh, there Going you go. Going back to you and saying, you know, slipping on ice. He said, the lamest stunt I ever had to do was slide across a table face first full of pudding. Huh? That sounds like some movie. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, okay. No, here's the question of all questions for the stuntman. Can you please ask the stuntman... If he could be a frog or a butterfly, what would he be? That is from Billy. Uh, He answered right away. He said, butterfly for sure. They can fly. I was a professional high diver when I was young, so I love the feeling of flying. What's a high diver? People who dive from heights. Oh. (laughs) Well, when you say it like that, I sound stupid. (laughs) It's not somebody you just... You know, is that a profession? Does a pound of blow and then jumps off stuff? No, <laughs> is that a profession though? No, it's a sport. High diving, like at the Olympics. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's gonna do it for Ask a Stuntman. Ask a Stuntman on the Garner Andrews Show. The Lawn Chair Profits, solving the world's problems one podcast at a time. Bryce Kelly? Yes. We're living in a topsy-turvy world. Up is down, down is up. People are angry for no reason. Everybody everywhere is angry about everything. Yeah. It's exhausting. It's hard to be around. I just saw Haley Williams, the lovely and talented Haley Williams, singer of Paramore, Mm -hmm. just announced that she is quitting all social media. She's removing herself, even her fake ones where she doesn't use her real name and picture. She's quitting it all. She's sick and tired of everyone being so angry. Yeah. Hey, nobody cares about your thoughts about COVID. Either you're against it or you're with it or I don't know whether you're vax or anti-vax. Nobody cares. Stop posting about it. No, and stop turning every conversation into a political conversation. Yeah. Oh, it's so tiring. Anyway, I don't want to get all ranty about it, but we decided on the show recently we could use some feel-good stories, some stories that... I don't know, put a smile on your face and a skip in your step. Yeah, we need our hearts warmed. We do. Um, and then they started coming in fast and furious. This one right here. Two weeks ago, I went to a drive through ATM in South Edmonton Common and drove away without taking my cash with me. It was a significant amount, at least to me. It was $200. A few minutes later, a car pulls up and blocks me into my parking spot at London Drugs, and this guy comes toward me flashing cash. He was in line behind me at the bank and followed me to give me my money. I was floored, and I started crying. I can't even remember if I said thank you, but I know. I hope he knows how much it meant to me, Sarah. Well, isn't that nice? Would you follow the person, Bryce? I don't know. I was thinking about that the whole time you were saying that. Part of me says yes, especially if the person was still in my eye line. Mm-hmm. I'd feel like I'd almost feel like it would be like a candid camera that they were testing me. Or they could go back to the bank and go, can you look at your security footage and tell me what happened to my $200? And there's a picture of Bryce <laughs> just <laughs> giving a thumbs my lips. up and speeding into the night. I'd be so worried that if I took it, yeah. that I would end up on the news and they'd be like, we did a test where we put $200 in a bank machine to see who would, oh. everyone except this one guy return the money. I feel like everything is a test. Yeah. I feel like, but if I pulled in in the middle of the night and no one was around, I would take that money. Yeah. 
Okay. But that's a good one. That's a really nice one. Uh, John, what's your story? Hey, Garner, I one time lost a wallet with 3700 bucks in it. By law enforcement officer in Stoney named Buck Coots returned it with every penny in it. Buck. That sounds like a buck thing to do. Oh, he's an amazing dude, man. He found it on the road, and so I'm freaking out at work. I'm like, hey, what am I going to do? I just came from the bank. I was going to buy a car, and the money was in the wallet, and I did got lost kind of thing and i was like freaking out and oh my god this is terrible <laughs> i love the and fact that you remember the guy's exact name oh no he bylaw buck was his name yeah buck who bylaw, buck coots bylaw enforcement officer buck coots okay yeah that's a good story 37 does 3700 dollars even fit in your wallet it did yeah it came How from big the was bank. Your wallet? I, have, I have the big fat wallet oh okay you sure it One wasn't a fanny pack yeah, it was a biker wallet. You know, oh, on a chain wallet. and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Buck Coots. Buck Coots, bylaw officer. Yeah. Officer by day, lover by night. Why lover? Why not do-gooder? Well, Why... his name is Buck. Oh, uh, and he... <laughs> oh, boy. <sighs> <sighs> hey, boys. I had a recent experience that really brightened my day. I'm a server in a West End restaurant and serve this incredibly nice couple. Their entire visit, they showed such genuine kindness to me, which was enough of a gift in itself. When it came to payment, they had a $100 gift card. Any server in the industry knows that tips are often miscalculated when gift cards are used and we end up losing money in the tip out to the house. To my surprise, this couple paid their remaining $20 balance and tipped me the $100 they had saved. I didn't realize it until I wished them well and walked away from the table. When I saw the debit slip, it immediately brought tears to my eyes. I went back to thank them and could barely get a word out, but I think they really, I think they realized the positive impact they had. Ray. R-E-A. Ray. Oh, that's nice. That's very true. I've heard that a lot. What is, so people... Only tip on like the difference? Is that what the Well, like if you got a hundred dollar gift card, yeah, you use it and then you have some remaining bill left over and people just automatically without even thinking will just hit percentage. So you're paying your percentage on the remainder. Oh instead okay. of the total bill. Ah. So they're actually like it's a nightmare for wait staff because their tips get way, way shrunk. Oh yeah, you're tipping fifteen percent on twenty dollars. That's uh math I can't do right now, but it's not very much. It's not good. And I don't I, think I've ever had a gift card for a restaurant. I remember being a much younger man, and like when I first heard that, I, all I could think of was, <gasps> how many times have I paid with a gift card without even thinking about it? I probably did that exact thing. Now well, I'm very careful about teachable it. Teachable moment here. Tip on the total amount of the bill. Pre-gift card. Pre-gift card. Yeah. Okay. Uh, want one more? I would love one more. Okay, I think this one takes place in a restaurant. Hi. Hi, Garner. How are you? Great. How about you? Oh, not too bad. I thought I might share a story of something super nice. Yeah, yeah. So a couple of years ago, my husband and my two sons, we went to just a breakfast place. Uh, my youngest son has autism. And when we were finished, uh, the waitress came with a note and a, like a little letter saying someone had already paid for our meal. And the letter was really, really nice and endearing, and it was a... Uh, older couple who had an autistic child that has grown and so they were really happy to see that we were out in public and doing our thing and they just wanted to be really nice and pay for our meal so people can be really really awesome 
Yeah, and it's such an uplifting thing. I was I was calling, and then I thought, don't cry. Don't cry when you tell the story, because <laughs> it's still such a touching thing that we, we cherish that memory. Ooh, I don't know about you, but my heart feels warmed. It's been slow-cooked to perfection. Hmm. Lawn Chair, Don't Care. Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly are the Lawn Chair Prophets. So you you went to your parents' place for Thanksgiving? Yeah, I was down in Calgary for a couple days, had my dinner down there. Did you get any leftovers? I do, but my mom does it differently for me. She makes this turkey fried rice with leftover turkey that I love. So she makes a little batch for me, and then everyone else gets like the potatoes and stuff like that. And I get the rice. Wow, okay. Well, that's the part that sucks if you don't do home turf turkey dinner. Like, if you go to somebody else's house, it depends on how close you are to that person, how many leftovers you get. In your case, it's your mom, and she makes you your favorite dish. Yeah, so I like that. Are you the favorite child? It's pretty clear that I am. Yeah. For very obvious reasons. I got sort of, I don't know, I was kicking my wife under the table because she, like, she did all of the work. She made Thanksgiving dinner. We had some friends of ours in town from Saskatchewan. And uh, while we were sitting down for turkey dinner, she's like, oh, God, make sure you guys take some of the." And I'm giving her the kick underneath the table. <laughs> <laughs> they probably knew what I was doing. I just don't like it when people give away my turkey leftovers. They are a prized possession. There's they only are. so much dark meat on a turkey. Yes. And I don't want to be splitting that. Dark meat, by the way, is the good meat. It is the money meat. Yeah, nobody likes white meat. I don't know why you tell yourself you like that. It's like, oh, I could really go for a really dry sandwich (laughs) on some dry bread. You need at least one more dinner worth of leftovers, and you want some sandwiches for the week. Yeah, exactly. Um, So we were talking about when people give away your turkey leftovers. Listen to this. Garn. My wife's brother came over for Thanksgiving dinner on Sunday. My wife sent him home with all of the leftover stuffing. Ooh. Do I leave her? Cliff. Yes. Cliff, yes. Leave your wife immediately. Not to appear dramatic, but leave her and never speak to her again. Let yeah. the lawyers do the talking. Uh, go ahead. Give away the salad. Give away the leftover carrots or corn or whatever. Maybe even the buns, but not the stuffing. That is the money part. Of Thanksgiving dinner. The stuffing and the dark meat are the ones that should stay at home. They're not even... And and the pie. Oh, Don't the give pie. away dessert either. Oh, my God. The pie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> somebody else said, uh, my dad and brother came for Thanksgiving. I had to work early yesterday morning, and when I came home, my dad took all the turkey home with him. <laughs> like, do you owe your dad money or something? Holy cow. Did he buy you a car and you're only making like every third payment? I accept payments in cash, Bitcoin, and turkey. Whose dad would do that? I'll just take this. Uh, Takes like the carcass and all. Yeah. Did you get any unexpected company for Thanksgiving? Is I don't think that's a thing anymore. Unexpected company. No, that's my nightmare. Oh, yeah. I don't mind. Like I've said before, a Saturday afternoon, hey, I was walking by your house. I thought I'd, you know, peek into your backyard, see what you were up to. I don't mind that. Come have a beer on my patio. But like they pop in the knock at the door, the doorbell right at dinner time. That's a weird one to me. But it happens in the old country, Saskatchewan, happens apparently all the time. Because one time, my beautiful wife and I were at her mom's house, which is in Saskatchewan, and we were leaving to drive back to Alberta, 
And she's like, here, take these pies. She tried to give us a dozen frozen apple pies that she had made, which is a very, very kind gesture. But we're like, we don't need that many pies. Like, that's a lot of pie. It'll take us two years to get through that many pies. And she said, what if you get unexpected company? That was her response. Like, what if somebody just, what if an aunt and uncle knocks at your door at dinner time? And my wife was, uh, she responded, then they don't get pie. <laughs> I'll take three or four pies for myself. Yeah. I don't need the nine others for potential pop-ins. Yeah, like the surprise visit, the pop-in, the unexpected company. I don't think it happens anymore. No, and that is a very Saskatchewan way of thinking. Oh, yeah. come on in, have yourself some pie. Yeah. I'll heat it up. Somebody says, I'm with your beautiful bride. Unexpected company doesn't get rewarded with pie or anything else. Um, Room temperature water and saltines. That's what you give pop-ins. <laughs> okay. This one. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the surprise visit, especially if it's an evening on a work night, like how am I supposed to play video games in my pajamas after the kids go to bed? Yeah, you're right. No, no pop-ins during the week, and they shall last no more than 45 minutes. Uh, this person says, I disagree. I come from a family of surprise visitors. Both my parents like surprising. I surprise too. We all enjoy it. Years ago, I came home for lunch it was my husband's day off. I was in the kitchen and heard footsteps upstairs. At first, I thought my husband was having an affair. Nope, it was just my mom. She flew out to surprise me and the kids. I like my mom, but I would hate it if she just popped in like that. What a roller coaster of emotion. You think your husband's having an affair. You're about to be devastated. Your heart drops. <laughs> Go upstairs. It's your mom. Uh, your house is a mess. She's critiquing everything. Yeah. I don't know. Like, what if somebody shows up? What if you get unexpected company? What if you get a pop-in the day that you had plans to go out clubbing that night? Or you were going to a big surprise birthday party. Then, surprise, your plans are canceled because your mom came to town. You're about to go on the first date with the girl of your dreams. Mm. You have to call up and say, sorry, mommy's in town. I'll talk <laughs> to you in a week. Can I take a rain check for four weeks from now when she leaves? <laughs> Uh, oh, here, this one. You want a roller coaster? Yes. I had my ex-wife and her new husband show up at my house for Christmas unannounced. I wrote back and I'm like, sounds complicated. Please tell me more. Guess that her husband wanted to see my kids open the gifts they bought. So they showed up the night before. They actually didn't leave till the next day and set up Christmas for their kid, dog, and and those two, and made dinner. I got to watch them watch Netflix all day, waiting till the cleanup was done before they offered to help clean. That sounds like an absolute nightmare all around. Did that make any sense? It was very confusing. Yeah. I just got that your ex-wife and her new husband popped in and didn't leave for over 24 hours. I got an idea for a segment for next week's podcast. People who don't know boundaries. The people that boundaries forgot... I couldn't do enough sighing and just like, oh, God, I'm so tired. Oh, jeez. I think uh, I need to go to bed early tonight. Thanks for listening to the Lawn Care Profits Podcast with Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly. Hear more weekday mornings on Sonic 1029 Edmonton on your radio, on the Radio Player Canada app, and on your smart speaker. Play Sonic 1029.